Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary Show. Inspiring stories that change lives. Where ordinary heroes tell their extraordinary stories of how they have triumphed over unexpected challenges. This is where we say what can't be said and use the AAA formula for freedom. Awareness, acceptance, and action. Now, here's your host, Hillary Burns. Welcome to the special Valentine's Day edition of the Getting Real with Hillary show. I am Hillary Burns. I have a very special guest today, but before I introduce her, I just want to give a little message to any of you like me. <laughs> I'm already crying and this is getting real. So that's why I'm saying this. Um, who may not have a date today. Now I do have a date with my mom. It's her 93rd birthday. So I, I actually do have a date, but if you don't have a romantic date in past years, I would have spent myself maybe numbing myself, maybe with extra alcohol and food. And this year I decided to just allow myself to be sad. It's a little disappointing. And what happened was I had a cry. It lasted about three seconds and then I felt free. And then on a call, we decided, you know what? Let's look at what we love about ourselves and what's great about ourselves. And that's what this show is all about. And, you know, I hope that gives you some reprieve from maybe a little disappointment today. And if not, if you're happy about it, great. Don't use that technique. We'll have others and other shows. But anyway, today, again, this is Getting Real with Hillary. I'm already crying. Um, I'm going to introduce... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new there. Um, Ash Straw. Ash, I've known for several years. She is so inspiring. Not only is she beautiful and intelligent, but so inspiring in our in our pregame talk. I learned so much and I'm so I mean, I yeah, well, I can't wait for you to hear her story. So this is how I'll introduce her. She's a 500 hour yoga teacher and the owner and founder of Flow and Restore a wellness business, which she'll talk about later. She provides transformational consulting to businesses and online. she's an online course producer for international businesses. She sings and dances and will be in a production of Guys and Dolls in the Hudson Valley later in the spring, which is so cool. And um, I could go on and on, but I this point, I just want to introduce Ash Straw. Welcome, Ash. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> what a delight. It's a delight to be with you, period, let alone in these circumstances. Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So I know, you know, we talked about a bunch of stuff. Where, um, you know, where would you like to talk about what other people aren't saying or someplace you know, where you kind of got aware, aware, yeah. acceptance and action, anything that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just share a little bit that uh, I love what you said about um, having a good cry. And I think it's, it's incredible how much we resist a good, I'll, speak for myself instead of speaking for everybody. It's incredible how much I resist a good cry 
um, and stuff it down with whatever. And I love what you said. A cry- crying is calorie free that, um, you know, when, when we self-medicate with sugary foods or, or alcohol or whatever, or television, Netflix is something, something I will self-medicate with or have self-medicated with that, um, you know, we could just do the calorie free version and actually feel our feelings. And there's something on the other side of feeling our feelings. Yes. Um, yeah. I did a blog. I did a blog post once called um, crying and screaming are the new orgasms. <laughs> because one night, just like we're saying, instead of self-medicating, I was so mad and I never like I never, you know, people don't see that side of me. So I was screaming to someone else, not the person I was mad at, and just swearing. I mean, as ugly as possible. It was terrible. And at the end, I was like, wow, that was awesome. Like, I was like, wow, I've never never felt so good. So that's why I did the blog. Because crying is also a release. And it's a lot quicker than just numbing and then hating yourself and all that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh. Thank you. So, okay. So something's right there for me to share out of what you just said and how you just created that. So um, one of the things I want to share about is a, is a breakthrough that I had in the area of my love life. Uh, But before I share a breakthrough that I had, what's there for me first to share is um, a challenging situation that I went through um, and where I subscribe to exactly what you're pointing to. So in 2016, I had, uh, I was in a relationship with somebody for, um, for a while and we were very serious and God, he was so awesome. I love thinking about him actually. Um, his name is Sean Beau, and we were uh, both yoga teachers and we met at a yoga ashram and we were fast friends, like really, really um, connected so deeply, so quickly. Um, and like goofy friends with really fun banter for a long time before we got into a relationship. And then we got into a relationship and um, over the course of that relationship, his mental health declined. It's actually around um, the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, just you know, seasonally, he would he would slip into a depression, and he had it managed pretty well, but not totally. Um, and in uh, it was early the early the following year, um, March early the following year from that holiday season, he committed suicide. Uh And yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, just nothing. So I'll share that I was working at the time at a bagel, at a bagel shop. And we had had a conversation like a, a week, two weeks before. And we said, maybe we just want to take a break. Maybe we just want to focus on our friendship. And I was like, well, fine. Well, fine. I guess we could do that. And then we'll revisit 
when you get home from this trip that you're on. He, he was on a trip to visit his mom. And that night I was at the, I was at the um, store and I just had this thought, you know, I'm going to call him. This is Billy. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him and I'm going to connect with him and we'll just, we'll patch this up. And I, I kid you not, 10 minutes later, I got a text message from his friend asking me to call him and called his friend and learned there that um, that he his dad had found him in the morning and he had taken his life as soon as he returned from his trip. So, um, you know, that night going um, going home that night, the next three days, maybe. Um, and then for a long time after that, my MO was, it doesn't matter how, how tough this gets. I'm going to feel it. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to feel it. Um, no matter how, deep into the sorrow or the anger or the pain, no matter what, I'm going to give myself the room. Um, and, you know, I've never, I've never felt anything like that before. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never experienced anything like that before. And, and, um, and it's interesting because in the, in this conversation, I, I, I've gone, that was 2016. I've had lots of opportunities to, you know, conjure him up in dreams and get complete and write him letters and say everything I need to say. And I, if, if you'd asked me three weeks ago or four weeks ago, if I was complete, complete, I would have said, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm at peace with that was, that is what happened. And that's that I'm at peace with that. And then a week and a half ago, I watched this television show and the main character in the television show was out of nowhere in the second to last episode of four seasons was killed and everything came right back. Mm. And just to bring it back to where exactly where we started, I probably spent a day going I don't need to feel this. I don't, what, what is this here for? I don't need to feel this. I don't need to feel this again. No, 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 I'm complete. No, 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 I'm complete. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually just let it all up. And um, really on the other side, you know, saw something about myself and my behaviors I've never seen before and just experienced a ton, a ton of freedom like you're pointing to. Hmm. And can you tell us what you saw? Yeah, absolutely. Yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, devastating and unique as the experience I had in 2016 was. Um, the sense that I had there was familiar. Oh. Like even that um, 
even though that experience is like unusually tragic, uh, if I looked back, I could see in lots of other disappointments in my life a very similar, if not the same experience, just not as intense. And so I, was, I shared that with a, a mentor after it came up very recently, and they they encouraged me to look and see what is the conversation I'm having with myself in those mm -hmm. moments when it comes up. And what I saw was um, in the next moment, what's there is nothing will ever be as good as that was. And that's the, that's the devastation is that conversation. And for me, you know, I mean, you, you introduced me, there's like six or seven things after my name that I'm yeah. into. I have a ton going on all the time. And if I look, I can see it all like that conversation runs a lot of my life. Like, always got to really be going for it, always got to really be doing the very best and the very most because nothing is ever going to be as good, but we got to try, like we got to try and make it be as good. Mm. And what was so, the, yeah, what was the first thing that was never going to be as good? Was it from like being little? Um, Do you think? I have, I've looked and I'm not a hundred percent clear, but you know, I do see this experience where um, I went to the grocery store with my dad. It's like embarrassing. I went to the grocery store with my dad, and um, there were these big gummy sharks, uh -huh. <laughs> and I really, really wanted one, and he said no, and you know but nothing is ever going to be as good as that gummy shark. There's never going to wow. be a, a snack or, a, I mean, it's really like to look at life like this, like, oh my God, are, is this real? Or is all of my actions right now really shaped by at five years old, I didn't get the gummy shark at the grocery store from my dad. Is that real you know yeah probably <laughs> it's <like> amazing <laughs> it's amazing right oh yeah i can't yeah. have what i want because i didn't get to go to this concert when i was little little yeah. like two or three and i still you know that's why valentine's day is so sad because i can't have what i want you know i mean i think it's the same as what you're saying hmm. i didn't get to go there's obviously <laughs> there's obviously something wrong with <laughs> they didn't have a ticket I mean they didn't have a ticket I was never going in the first place but in the little girl mind we make up this crap and then we live inside the story which is unbelievable it's incredible the, it? um, yeah, yeah and just the, the you know it's like um, I think it's it's worth noting that it doesn't matter really what the thing is that was upsetting or why it was like none of that really matters. And me, uh, 35 year old me is I'm not a I'm rarely aware that that's running the show. It's not I'm not being like, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to like, get off the hook for being responsible. For, right. it's no, just it just underneath. is. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, yes, I mean, sure. Yeah. 
There's always <laughs> swimming. <laughs> that's right. It's nuts. We're all nuts, but but that's why awareness is the first step because when you could say, "Oh, there's that gummy shark again." Yeah. Then you can go, "Okay, I can accept that," and then create something new. You know. Yeah, yeah. Even but if you're not you aware, know, yeah. it's just life. It's just yeah. Life. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't it? It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. But, it is. But I think, you know, like what you were saying, um, sorry, my nose always runs when I cry, but um oh, I lost the train. But um oh about the guy and how you didn't want to talk about it because you were complete, you know. Like I had someone and I told my I didn't talk about it because I didn't think anybody wanted to talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. like get over it. Yes. And then at one point I was talking to someone and I was like, I'm not over, I'm obviously not over it. And he, you know, he was someone I was paying to listen, one of the consultants. um, And you can just say anything. And he was like, it's fine to talk about it. And they actually encourage you to talk about it, not to pretend you don't have it because the transformation comes out in dialogue, not in your head. Yeah. By being able to talk about it, I got to see the good parts, the bad parts, you know, and get real about it rather than just, I'm fine. Yeah. That's why I started getting real because not to be the pretending, phony, people pleasing self, but the real self. And it's not, you know, it's not not natural, but we can all learn it. (laughs) So, anyway, all right, back to your story. So, that, that was the blow in 2016. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. What you share is so so great, Hillary. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Um yeah. 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 So that was in 2016. So after that, I um I now where did you let's back up. Where did you grow up? I grew up on Long Island. Long Island. Okay. And then did you go to college? Did you go? I did. Yeah. I grew go. up on Long Island on the South Shore in a town called um, Medford okay. near Patchogue oh. and the ferry out to Fire Island right in that area. Okay. Um, and then I started at school in Stony Brook and was in their theater department and their philosophy department. I've been wow. a little bit of a philosophy nerd since I was like 15 years old <laughs> um and then uh the and then I went into I transferred out of there and transferred to a full-time musical theater conservatory in the city and moved into New York at that time wow. and um which one which one the American Musical and Dramatic Academy wow yeah I studied so what year were you like junior or something uh no I I transferred after my first semester. Oh wow. And then went there and completed that training and stayed in the city after that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So were you in shows and all sorts of stuff? I was. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like hello. What shows? Like this is not nothing. Um let's see. Wow. I Who knew? Yeah, secret here. That's incredible. 
I was so I was in the I was in the city um performing uh from like I like I was 17 or 17 or 18 when I moved in and um and after completing school I well this is good so I I first went to um <laughs> I first went to uh at the the national touring cast of Shout the Mod Musical and I was a oh. a swing in that show and in what a swing is are you familiar with with the world of musical theater much at all no i don't know okay. what swing means. i mean swing is a dance that's about all i know yeah yeah a swing is uh is a kind of an understudy who understudies multiple roles in a production so shout had these had like five different tracks in it and I was understudying three of them. Anyway, I was there for like five minutes before I started looking for how I could become a member of the Actors Equity Association, the union. And yeah. I found a I found a theater out on the far east end of Long Island called Sag Harbor uh, Sag Harbor, the Bay Street Theater. Um, which is an extraordinary theater and um, an equity house. And I reached them and I was like, can I do a performing internship with you and get my, um, my union card? And they said, come and audition for this musical theater production that we're putting up this summer. And I can't, I, I flew out. I was so terrible at this time in my life I didn't tell the touring production that I was doing this and I just left I flew out oh my god I flew out to Long Island I went to the where? audition where did you um, fly from I was in Rochester I just like oh, okay. went to whatever local wow and um and I flew to the audition in the city and I did the audition and then I flew back to Rochester and the director was like, Ash, you can't do that. And I was like, I'm so sorry. But like I was such a criminal at this time. I really was very, very I was not I was so slimy. I was so <laughs> slimy. Oh my God. And they offered me this, um, they offered me the role and I took it. And I just left the tour. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I just left. I was like, this is more what I want to be doing. So I'm going to go. And that um, production was directed by Diane Paulus, who after she did that production, she directed Hair on Broadway, which won, which, you know, swept oh the God. Tonys. Um, and and so I, I worked with some real heavies when I was uh, first in the industry in New York, but I never booked a real substantial production in New York. So, you know, like I worked with Michael Mayer, who won the Tony for directing Spring Awakening, and there were you know several Tony award-winning people in that. You know, the musical Bat Out of Hell that's in like the West End or I think actually on Broadway. I was um I was in the original staged reading of that with Jim Steinman when he was uh when he was around and um and you know, I just never was the person who was cast in the final 
um, you know, like the real production on Broadway or off Broadway. And eventually I just, I gave up. I was like, I don't, I couldn't, I could, I was not willing to be with or be responsible for the failure at that time in my life. I just, I wasn't willing. Um, so I just quit. I quit. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I made up some things to like justify it. I was like, I want to write my own plays. I want to do this. And I did that stuff, you know, and it was fun and, and it was awesome, but, um, it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. And I just got, I, I, I hadn't, you know, I, uh, you are, I am a graduate of the landmark forum. And when I, when I did that course, I got so much about personal responsibility that I did not have before that and integrity and operating with integrity out in the world. And um, so, you know, I just got like beat. I, for myself and my experience had the experience of being beat down by the industry and I just didn't want to try anymore. So I gave up. So anyway, so cut to 35 now and it's one uh actually going back out on the audition scene locally is something that I've just started doing in the last um uh, couple of months because what's you know I'm what's wow. there for me is like I'm not going to I don't I can no longer stand to know that I would die with that not expressed mm. so I just had to like go and sing for some directors and audition and I would have preferred a bigger role in the production than, than I have but I'm I'm so happy to just be back out doing oh. it wow and I heard Ash in ca doing karaoke in Panama that's right with who <laughs> with, with, what was his name with Peter Cog. Peter yeah so they were awesome <laughs> summer loving we were all up there singing <laughs> that was really fun, right? <laughs> that was great Oh, well, I'm glad you made it back. So this is your first time back since then? It is. Yeah. Yeah. In a production where we'll have staging and, and so funny. I, um, I auditioned for the role of Adelaide and it was the guys and dolls was the first production I did when I was, uh, in, in high school and also auditioned for the role of Adelaide then. And in both cases was like second in the running for it and offered this other role, Mimi, who's got two lines and she's in the hot box. But I, so I, they offered it to me again in this production, you know, 20 years later, but um, I have all the lines memorized already. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, I just don't feel bad. I auditioned in high school at, for in the Wizard of Oz. My best friend got the lead. She was Dorothy, and I got put on makeup. Oh wow, makeup! And that was it. Like I didn't realize till years later that was I was done. I just I, mm. I was done. I didn't even think about it until mm. I saw the guy later and said, "Oh, that's when I stopped. When I got mm. put on makeup." <laughs> so. I would take Mimi. 
Yes. <laughs> but anyway, no, that's great. Congratulations. All right. So when you quit, mm-hmm. and let's see, is it time for the commercial? Well, we have a couple minutes. After that, then what? Then what do you do? You're in New- you're in the city. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. And I started working in food service for you know minimum wage. Really, I was like done. It was like something I I something, you know, like I I really gave up. Actually, how old I, were you? How old were you then? Uh 22 maybe. Wow. And I'll I'll share at the time. So when I was in high school, I started to develop an eating disorder. And when I moved into New York City, um it was that was very easy to maintain. And there was a lot of, um, I had a lot of really good reasons to keep that going because, you know, you want to be super slim in the, in that industry, all, you know, all those things that, that people say about it, like the, the pressure from directors and teachers, which there is, you know, there isn't pressure. People do talk about it though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I developed, um, I developed a pretty, I developed bulimia while I was in New York city. And, um, and so that was also playing a role in all of this. So, you know, there was this fundamental kind of secret that I had and this fundamental issue I had going on with my own well-being and my sense of self, um, that was, that really got in the way of um, really got in the way of what I was, what I was up to and what I wanted to be doing. So um, that, that fueled and informed leaving the industry. Mm -hmm. And then at some point um, recovery finally became interesting to me and and then that started to shape a lot of my journey. So, um, yeah. And how did you recover? Did you have to go someplace or you just. I went to um, I turned to. The 12 step program. Oh. And they there is a part of 12 step program. There are OA rooms, Overeaters Anonymous. And they have specialized rooms, well, not specialized rooms, but they have a focus area, rooms with focus areas. So they would have like anorexia and bulimia um, specific rooms so people could come and speak about that. And um, in some cases, get on meal plans. And uh, yeah, so, so I started there and then I started to do a lot of like um, body oriented stuff. Cause that was a real big thing for me was that I was not, I was not living in my body. I was very disassociated, which is, mm-hmm. it's typical for that kind of a, of an issue. Um, so I started to do, uh, I started to do a lot of yoga. I started to see a, um, somatic experience person, like I started doing somatic work, which was awesome. Um, and also really, it was really, really helpful. All, all kinds of body awareness stuff. Wow. Woo. 
We're going places we never knew we were going, right? Seriously. All right. Well, we're it's time for the halftime break. And then I do have some questions before we move on. But thank you. Wow. Thank you for your sharing and your authenticity. And we'll be back in a moment from our sponsor, Kikori, Kikori app. And my show. <laughs> Are you inspired? Are you living a life story you are proud to tell? Are you actively pursuing and creating the life of your dreams? If not, you really need Hillary's AAA program for freedom. Just visit gettingrealwithhillary.com and schedule time with Hillary today. Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-O-R-I. I'm back. That's my daughter. I always have to say that. That's her voice and her company. So Really? Yeah, she works for them. She's not a founder, but she's the chief marketing and design officer. Amazing. Something like that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? She So she did the design. Anyway. All right. Oh, so can I, yeah. So can I go back? And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. But what? do you think uh wh- like where did the bulimia i know i mean i had obviously food issues um where did that come from do you think do you know like mm. like how did that start was it the drama thing having to look a certain way or do you know mm. no um when i was in high school i mean it was part of it And part of like being seen and being very visible. When I was in high school, I was in three or four productions, just one after another, a couple at at the same time. So always on stage and visible. But that's not when I look back at that, that's not the big driver as much as it really started around the time when boys started to pay attention. Um, So, and I can see it really wrapped up in the very first relationship that I was in, like really wrapped up in wanting to be just like as, as good as I could look for this guy, like just really wanting to be like the, the best I could possibly look for him. Um. Yeah, that's I see that more as a driver than theater, but the theater was there too, you know. The I mean, did anyone ever say you were fat or anything? Or you just decided you needed to Yeah, some uh yeah, uh, kids did when I was well, when I was growing up um I don't know, when I uh, puberty is just like the nightmare. When I was when I hit puberty like my 
I had like I started getting these little curls in my hair and like I didn't recognize my body anymore. Um, I developed a lot quicker than the other girls in my class. Um, so you know, there's there's all that. But yes, I was heavier when I was um 10, 11, 12, 13. I was heavier and I did there. I did get some comments. Actually, when you say it, what's right there is Jordan Laurenti said I my thighs looked like I had I looked like they were Thanksgiving Day turkeys. Like oh, the size of Thanksgiving Jordan. Day turkeys. That's what he said. I know Jordan, come on. Laurenti, come on, Jordan. Jordan. Oh. But yes, very oh, embarrassed. So and, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. usually a comment, you know, like Karen Carpenter or something, you know. What'd so she fun. say? No, someone. Oh, Karen Carpenter. Yeah. I mean, she ended up dying, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you caught it. So, wow. Yeah. I had a sense um, when I was in my 20s, I had a scare. Um, I uh, was, I I got very, very thin at one point. And I had a scare one night where, you know, some combination of what I had done, I was not, um, I'm actually, I'm just pause for a second, um, to think about triggers and what's not appropriate to say. Sometimes people can, who are dealing with something can listen and get ideas about, um, how to do things. Anyway, there was a point where I became very sick. And, um, and it, and not intentionally, but I couldn't keep any food down mm. and, um, uh, was already very thin and was falling asleep one night and just saw, you know, this is like, this is how people die from this and was afraid for my own life. Um, yeah. one night and woke up in the morning and was, I don't care. I woke up in the morning and I, for myself was said to myself, I don't, I don't care what this is going to take. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, recover. Wow. I'm going to have, I'm going to, you know, go on my recovery journey now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you did. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was in your young 20s, right? Yeah, that was that was early 20s. That was early 20s. Yeah. And then when did you do the landmark forum? I did it in 2015. So so how old are you now? 35? Yeah, 35. So So is that eight years ago? So you were 27. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So was that around this time? Or this was a little bit later. It was later. Yeah. Yeah. I really started the, so I, I think the eating disorder got pretty serious around 18 and I started to really, really take on my recovery at 22 Hmm. and, um, 24, I, uh, took a long bike ride up and down the uh, where we go, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. I, I, I went on some adventures, some like mid twenties adventures. Um, and then eventually 
how did I get, I don't even remember how I got back to the city. I was in the city and then I moved out to stay with my parents and just focus on healing. And then at some point I thought I can go back into the city and went back into the city. And um, I lived in, in Brooklyn for a while and that's where I did the forum. Mm. And it's uh, where I met, I, um, I met, um Shambo who I had a relationship with and uh, and who passed and and it was during my relationship with him that I did the landmark forum mm. yeah which was it, it was it made all the difference in the world in moving through um that experience with him you mean yeah yeah with him passing just gave me a place to um it gave me a way to a place to look at everything from that I wouldn't otherwise have had so you know like um when he when he committed suicide I had some conversations I I had some conversations afterwards where I I was just you know I was creating that it's okay that he did that. Mm -hmm. It's actually okay that he made that choice. Like that's okay. Um, you know, it's not okay or not okay. It's not one way or the other, but um, I just remember being like that's not the popular thing to say about that that there there are um much more popular things to say about people who have taken their own lives like um that it's a shame that it's uh that you know it wasn't their fault or you know there are lots of conversations and i'm not saying that one conversation is better than the other but i know for myself like to really be myself choose that that happened mm. yes and an honor and acknowledge that that happened um gave me a lot of freedom so uh yeah and i really i really got that among many many other things out of the out of the forum that um you know like it or not i can choose that it did happen. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. And then, so that was, so then you went to India. So yes. how did that, because he was no longer around, so you didn't go with him, obviously. You no. ended up <laughs> in India doing yes. yoga. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, Three years well, later, like yeah. And I, actually, I think yeah. that made a big, I mean, based on what you've said, you, you're a yoga teacher, you own a business, you know, that must have really, how, how did you end up there? Mm. Okay, so let's see. So, uh, so I, I started to do um, yoga uh, through my ballet teacher when I was 18 in the city. She said, you've got to get to a Bikram yoga class. So I started doing physical yoga that way. But when I was in high school, we had I had an amazing teacher who had an Eastern philosophy elective. 
So when I was like 15, 16, um, I started to be exposed to uh, Buddhist texts and like the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads from the world of Hinduism and yoga philosophy. And I loved those and I loved reflection and um, I I just loved the everything about Eastern philosophy. And when I started taking yoga, I didn't know those things were related to each other. Oh. The that um, that kind of learning and that kind of physical practice. Um, but yeah, I started so I started really practicing yoga when I was like eighteen, and in and out, and in and out, and in and out, and um, and somewhere around. Um, after Shambo passed, started to take my practice seriously, started to have it not be about exercise anymore, started to have it be about practice. Like really, um, you know, e- even though you can gain a lot of fitness from yoga, physical fitness, yoga is, that's not the intention of yoga. The intention of yoga is to bring quiet to your mind. So if you're practicing yoga, or like I I was at one point, practicing yoga to get stronger, more fit, more flexible, and all that chattery doing, stuff. Doing, doing, doing. Doing, yeah, exactly. Faster, faster, faster. Do faster, faster, faster. faster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do more, 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 more. <laughs> deeper, deeper, deeper. Um, uh, and I really practiced that way, really practiced that way for a long time. Um, and at and uh, and I, somewhere after Shambo died, I, I started to um, practice to practice my mind getting quiet and uh, to practice my breath being steady and to practice observing my experience and cultivating a sense of being a witness to my experience. Um. So one of the things I always wanted to do was to go to India. And I had an opportunity to go to India for a theater project. And um, I just didn't have, I'd never had a real good reason to go to India. So I took that and um, went for the theater project and then extended the trip so that I could go to Mysore and study yoga for a, a little while with you know, folks in India. It was a, it was such a good choice. It was such a good thing to do. I'm so glad I did it because, you know, people in India, they don't live like we live or at least in the areas I went to the disposition. Hmm? So so why was it such a great thing? I mean, obviously you're lit up, like say, say what, say the, um, there was, I mean, I think culture shock is great to have as much as possible because, um, you know, we take for granted that everybody lives like us, but that is so not the case. Um, you know, in India, there's this this word dispassion, dispassion, not compassion and not um, like uh, not like um, dismissal, but dispassion, hmm. like a kind of a non-reactive way of being. Um, so, you know, people are, people are walking at the 
on the street, very close to the traffic. The traffic is insane. There are cows walking everywhere. There's not a whole lot of really great infrastructure. And everybody is just like calm. You know, they're just, they're with the flow of life. They're really in life. Not reacting to life, but <laughs> I know. Cow, move, cow. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't belong here, cow. <laughs> move. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like we would be shoving people in the street, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> in my way, especially in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Like you move past people who are walking too slow, like, God, what's wrong with you? You know? <laughs> um, wow. No, I, oh, yeah. That's great. So when yeah. you came back, let's say I'm looking at the time here. Oh my God, we only have seven minutes. So, woo! All right. So you're back from yoga from India. I know we're not going to get to the the other stuff, but that's okay. Um, we can have you back. So, <laughs> so, you, so you came back. Now I know you had said at one point you weren't making a lot of money. You started this studio. Like, say what happened. Um, and how did you start a studio? Like, was that part of when you weren't making the money? Yeah, it was. Wow. Um, I started teaching yoga um, very regularly in 2016. And um, I, my first big client was United Healthcare. And I started teaching at their community events, solo, like here and there. And um and it was a really big deal for me. I went in at, to one of our first meetings and I asked them to pay me $60 an hour. And um, I was like, I'm going to stand for this. And, you know, $60 an hour was a steal for them. Like they were not paying anybody $60 an hour. They were paying people 100, 120, 140, you know, but yeah. what do I, you know, what do I know? Yeah. I think I'm like. an hour yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) um so i i you know i i started doing these classes more and more regularly and um i developed an incredible partnership with a woman there and she said you know do you want to grow with us and i was like yeah i do and (laughs) she's like all right well take my hand let's go and uh and she started to ask me for massage therapists and do I know Tai Chi instructors and could I do this kind of nutrition thing? And uh, slowly but surely I built a team of people who would go out and do these events and then started to approach other businesses to let them know about this. Would you be interested in this? And now we do all kinds of things. We have, we deliver retreats, uh, wellness days with staff at different areas and I'm not involved very much at all um and then you know yoga teaching yoga classes became for me like an opening to teach yoga teachers which is Mm. us that's what I love the most is teaching other teachers so our company's now certified um 45 yoga teachers out in the world um, teaching yoga and, uh, and, um, to, to come back to this world of not making money and then making money. There was a point where 
Um, I would just, I wasn't following up on invoices. This is so great. So, and I would work freelance at the same time. I would do, um, I would do little odd jobs with people on their online courses because I had this special skill in building online courses through a software called Kajabi, which I love, which is a great software. And, um, and I would do these small projects and that would help me get by. And then my invoices from United Healthcare would always be paid late and I would never follow up on them because well, uh, I'm this tiny little person in their United Healthcare. They're not, I'm like, I'm not going to get my invoices on time. And at one point I, um, I was talking with this um, amazing human being. Um, and I said, you know, I just want to be, I just want to let you know that my, um, sometimes I need to lean on my credit cards to make some of the payments that I need to make because I'm not getting money as much as I really need money. And they looked at me and they said, you mean you're not making enough money? And I said, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just not making enough money. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm just not making enough money. Um, so got clear about I'm not making enough money to do what I want to do in my life. And uh, and um, a couple other things opened up and I I was like, all right, that's it. And I I decided to take on my finances and um, got to share with you in another conversation about what that looked like. But um just really getting straight about that who I was being in those conversations with people like United Healthcare and with prospective clients, I was like yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I was I was not um I wasn't being the strong and powerful person that I know myself to be. And when I started to bring that, was able to totally turn that around. And, you know, it's a different world now. And you were willing to ask for. That's right. More. Yeah. Wow. I started, right. Well, we, I think we yeah. have that for another time because it's That's such right. a great story. We'll have to keep them guessing. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much. That passed so quickly. Uh, you know, just thank you for, you know, sharing yourself and your, what happened for you? And I hope that other people who may be going through that can be inspired by mm -hmm. your courage and how you never stopped, you know, mm -hmm. despite some tragic and difficult times. So, wow. Thank you for being a hero. And um, I think you said, let's see, how do they find flow, flowandrestore.com if they're interested in yoga training? There'll be a yoga training in the spring. Um, is there any other way to reach you or is that the best way? Oh, that's the best way. And there's plenty of places there to reach me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, anything in closing, Ash? Um, Ash, thank you for having me here. And thank you for this uh, conversation that you create. The depth of love that you bring to it is so obvious. And um, just a treat to be inside of, especially on Valentine's Day. Yeah, um, we didn't even you. get to the romance part, but that's okay. We're that's okay. That. 
we got to keep them guessing. But yeah, that's, Ash has a couple of really great more stories. So we'll have her back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Getting Real with Hillary show. We hope you are entertained and inspired. Please subscribe to Hillary's newsletter. Go to gettingrealwithhillary.com for more freedom techniques and fantastic stories and links to other great stuff. And don't forget to tune in every week on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio TV. And let's get real. Let's get connected. Let's get inspired and create that life you love.